Hey, what's going on, my friends? It's friggin' uh, the 30th of March, 2020. Been an interesting day. It was, a uh, sun came out late. Got some clouds still, a little bit of cloud cover with the sun trying to come through. I was really hoping for that sun. I know everybody is. Look at this, man. Driving, driving home here from the office. Saw three patients today. Two new patients, which is interesting. Um, the coronavirus still has America on its heels and the world got something new every day let's see um, what's going on Let yesterday let me tell you something before I get to the corona shit my two friends and I did a zoom conference two real smart guys my friend Enrique which I served with him 25 years ago in the Marine Corps. We were roommates and have many great stories to tell. Awesome friends, a lot of adventures we went on. I could talk about Enrique for an entire podcast series. Extremely interesting character, and I mean that in the most flattering way, positive way. So Enrique and my friend Mike, who is a lawyer practicing in Philadelphia, so just you can tell he's a real smart guy, very well read, very well spoken, and um, I'm sure very good at what he does. I know him through uh, my boot camp program that I did for 15 years, Dr. Drill Instructor Program. He had trained, and his, his mom and his aunt had trained, and uh, real good friends of mine. So I could tell that he is the type of guy who wants to, to mull over and discuss the big questions of life, and he's got some very um, weighed opinions on things. Like, I, I value his his opinion. Same thing with Enrique. So I figured if I was going to go and start inviting guests onto the podcast and having discussions, these are the two guys that I should start with just to get a banter going and see what's going on and get some faces to names. And so we did. It. I've been doing a lot of Zoom teaching. So I put those guys on the, on the um, on that application. We went on Zoom and spoke for 80 minutes about the coronavirus primarily. You know, it's interesting. A lot of these podcasts we watch, some of the best ones, like the Joe Rogan Experience, they have, um, you know, just freestyle. He'll invite somebody on that's got a, an area of expertise, whether it's a a musician or an artist or a scientist or a comedian and they just some of the best stuff that they do is freestyle I'm sure that there is organization to it but that's where the magic happens is when we just start talking and a topic comes up and there can be some beautiful things that arise so we kind of did the same thing we uh, my two buds and I we, we had a banter for 80 minutes in fact, the Zoom allotment of 40-minute intervals, it, it'll, for, for people of three people or more who are talking, will um, the time will expire after 40 minutes if you don't have the full product. Now I've got the full product through the university that I teach at, which is awesome, and it's also going to record the shit, so I'm excited about that. Um... So we had a great conversation, and uh, Mike with his legal expertise, 
and again, just being a logical guy, and, and Enrique, with his background in trucking, he was talking to me uh, the other day, I was walking a dog, he calls up and leaves little voice messages on the uh, Facebook you know, messenger, he'll just, we'll, sometimes we'll talk just that way, or we'll write, but increasingly we just leave little voice voice snippets. And he had been a, a um, trucker for eight years and had told me in the past about some of his experiences. And he was saying that he was concerned whether or not America could weather a storm like this with the coronavirus. Uh, now, there's a lot of information coming out, and I think more and more of it is credible. There's a lot less people saying that, you know, thumbing their nose at this thing, saying that it's. Uh, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's not, you know. This is a, an invisible enemy that uh, we have not figured out completely, and we don't know how to treat it. We have decoded its genome. We, we understand a lot about it. We've seen it ravage uh, other societies, and we're starting to feel the impact here in America. This is, uh, it's been said that this is now the epicenter of where, uh, of the spread. And Enrique was saying that America is particularly um, fertile ground for this type of disease because we just, our society is not designed to shut down. We are a country of rights. We're not one of these, uh, uh, you know, socialists, you know, communist place like uh, China or Russia, a society where they'll tell you what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. And stereotypically, if you talk back to them, they'll fucking disappear your ass. I'm sure at least some of that is true. And the uh, rumors that they had locked people in their homes and made stiff penalties for coming out. But the point is that when you have a society like that, they are very quick to react in the case of national emergencies. And they can order people to button up and then people aren't if they have an opinion on it they quickly will just okay this is what we got to do and you know here in America we look at that as oh we're sheep and we're just going to do what we're told and you know wait a second what about the constitution and we have rights I have one buddy who I love dearly but he's like oh nobody's going to tell me to stay in my house give me a piece of paper to because I am an essential worker you know like you know, tell, who are they to tell me to stay in my house or or monitor whether I can come and I can go. And I understand their point that if we, if, if the government can do that, can tell us what to do or what not to do, and we relinquish our rights, well, they can they can take advantage of that. They can they can uh, declare a state of emergency, which they already have, and um, what is it? Martial law, basically, where the military gets involved. And, Got other friends, a lot of friends, looking down on the National Guardsmen because uh, they've been ordered into action, in particular in uh, some of the big cities, to try to help. They're setting up, most of the shit they're doing is setting up field hospitals and using a military, like wartime capabilities, to act quickly because the military is socialized, you know? And we're very, very good at waging warfare. So I guess the theory goes, why not wage warfare on, on the coronavirus? And that's, that's a good strategy for us, I think, because 
that is what we do best. We are good at uh, deploying forces uh, in our time of need for our defense. Now, we're often, of course, typically, we're trying to defend against foreign enemies, uh, you know, uh, visible enemies, bad guys, people. I talked about anthropomorphizing the enemy, how we always are looking for somebody to blame. Another good friend yesterday was, uh, we're talking about uh, how there's a conspiracy theory right now that is weighing whether or not China deliberately did this in order to cause a panic and to take over the world economy and you know everybody else is healing over there they have more cases their economy's doing well what about us they're doing they put this out there listen I wouldn't at this point in time I would not discount anything I mean this is like science fiction has become reality and it's a very strange time so I would never say that somebody didn't do this deliberately um, or that uh, society, uh, you know, uh, an enemy of ours, quote unquote, or one of our covert hostiles, um, allies, would not have tried to do something to undermine, or at least use this time as uh, as leverage to undermine us. I mean, have you gotten cut more and more contacts? I'm getting a shitload of emails. And a couple phone calls even today, spam sort of shit. So they're using the fear that people are experiencing to try to sell them things and to try to maybe access their information. Who knows? I'm sure that people will take advantage of this. While everybody's scrambling to try to survive and, and I mean, thrive, I guess. Some people, some industries are poised to really make a lot of uh, money. I don't know who, but there's got to be somebody who stands to gain from this. So we talked about a lot of these things. It was a great discussion. Obviously, it went for 80 minutes. I actually had to pull the plug because we could have kept going. And to me, it was a beautiful thing. I think the other two guys that I was talking with would agree that it was a great conversation and we could have gone on and and it was completely unstructured and respectful, and everybody got to put in their two cents, and then some. And so this was like uh, really my first uh, distance podcast. Now that we're all uh, by uh, necessity have become savvy with uh, you know uh, computer shit and. Zoom and communications technology, we're really, thankfully, it's here. You know, it's a bill right now. I just saw my Verizon bill come across for automatic payment, and I have no problem paying that because if they turn off that router, we're not going to be able to communicate as effectively. We're not going to be able to, you know, see all the updates and take all the actions that we have. So one ally, I think, and an, an enemy clear enemy is technology because it's a mind fuck we've got a worm in our brain man and 
it's easy to see how hooked we are, how technology has become viral, and everything is permeated, has permeated our society. It's almost like we couldn't function. We would, if you think we're shocked now, if the lights go out, if there was an electromagnetic pulse, if there was a some sort of calamity that happened simultaneous with this, uh, a hurricane, a uh, force of nature, we'd really be fucked, you know? As it is, just it's calamitous just having congregated and, and sequestered so many of our, our citizens and our resources in some of these cities. I think we realize that as cool as growth, think about exponential growth in any respect. People think about exponential growth in terms of computer capabilities, in terms of their investment portfolio. Well, let's look at, you know, a virus going viral, literally. That's a definition. They call it going viral because something just exponentially spreads. It, the numbers multiply so fast that you can't even comprehend. There's something, um, you know, people would argue about evolution. Well, we, there's a lot of evidence for human evolution, evolution of mammals and all that stuff. And, of course, people refute it, the Bible bangers and anti-science fucks and all that. They, a lot of people say, well, they, they thumb their nose at progress. They thumb their nose at uh, how man feels like we've got it all figured out when, you know, we can't forget God and we can't forget, you know, stop going. Just, we always have taken solace, have found solace in, in God. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's completely normal. And I don't mean to, I'm obviously... Anybody who's listened can surmise that I'm I'm not a I'm not a God boy. I'm not a believer in the sense that I think there's some grandfatherly character who's you know master of puppets is pulling our strings, twisting our minds, stra- you know, smashing our dreams. I think that um, humans have exponentially grown. Our society has exponentially grown, and We've multiplied and we've, we are a long way from where we were even a couple hundred years ago. Look at the things we have. Look at the infrastructure, the, the, you know, look at us from space, all of the lights and the technology and the smokestacks and the footprint of mankind on this earth. We've got a big fucking footprint. We've exponentially grown. And it's been beautiful, but the only problem is that when you grow so substantially in numbers and in capabilities, you become comfortable with all those creature comforts. You you adapt to that new reality, that new situation. And so when something happens to upset your apple cart, you're fucking left dumbfounded. You know, we watch, you know, things like... 
I'm watching this show called Alive on Amazon. It's really good. It's about, you know, 10 people that are dropped off on Vancouver Island and they have to survive. And you're seeing all these different characters, people who are, I can't wait to get out there. I love this. I really got to do this. People yearn to survive, to be um, up against a rock and between a rock and a hard place and being challenged while on this earth. How can we survive? How can we make it out there? Or, you know, what are we made of? So it's like a novelty, survival. But some people get it, you know, hunters and uh, outdoorsmen and women and uh, preppers and shit like that. There's people that understand, they can feel that we are right for the picking. We are fertile ground for some sort of situation because we've had it so good for so long that we've become complacent, that we've been all about, you know, our bank account and our house and our cars and we're just, you know, it's, it's, there's almost, there's no use in fighting it. Like you don't live in a fucking trailer or in a tiny house. Most people aren't, it, it almost, it suggests that you're fearful of something. We are subject to the times in which we live. And so most people are encouraged. Um, they're compelled to follow the lead of, you know, we're subject to the times in which we live. So we get the big screen TV we get the job, we go on the vacations, somebody's got a hot tub, shit, we're going to get a hot tub, somebody gets solar panels installed on their roof, it's free-ish, alright, I'm going to get solar panels installed on my roof, the house, we got, you know, having a family, we're growing, alright, let's, let's upgrade to a bigger house, we get a deal on a car, let's trade it in, um, let's go shopping, it's a national pastime. I mean, I remember when I was in middle school, elementary school, and we had to do a book report, and I did something on the consumer culture. I remember researching that and, and writing it. We're a consumer culture, man. That's what we do. We consume things, products that were mostly, you know, and who, who makes the products? We don't make them anymore, mostly. Now, most manufacturing and most industry most technology, it's its all shopped out to other countries. Some of it's still done here, but a big mistake that we made is falling in love with the consumer culture and accepting our role, not seeing the fall coming. We, we became sheep. I say we because we were among, you know, the first countries to really, you know, grab hold of the capitalism thing and, and charge onward and spend and consume and we gave up our manufacturing we didn't like working we worked in those fucking uh, our forefathers and mothers worked in those fields they worked in those uh, factories and it sucked they worked in the mines and when as soon as they didn't have to anymore they you know society evolved and we We got different jobs, different priorities. The way to do things then was everybody needs to go to college. We want better for our families. So we're going to send our kids, ooh, spring peepers. Um, 
we want better for our for our kids. We want to, you know, our next generation have what we didn't have. We don't want anybody to suffer, right? We hear about the stories in the Great Depression and and other times where people had to make sacrifices. Oh, remember in the seventies there's a gas shortage or a crisis or a war, and we see things. We listen to the music of those times like the Vietnam conflict. You can go on YouTube and find some awesome music just from a period in the 60s and 70s when people were about something and there was a revolution in the air and there was a war that was a stupid fucking war and people died needlessly and we allotted resources to a task that, you know, we made mistakes. We do that. It's not anybody's fault per se. We do what we think is right. Societies do that. Somebody's got to make their fucking calls. And the calls aren't always correct. And we make mistakes and hopefully learn from them. Um, But thinking about exponential growth, going viral. What does that mean? I started to talk about the difference between exponential growth on the macroscopic scale and on the microscopic scale. So we can't see macroevolution happening readily. Sure, we can see fossils, we can see other organisms. You can look at a whale, has a, a, a pelvic girdle, the, the pectoral fins and the fins on, on fish and stuff like that. We can, we can look at a whale's skeleton and a bat's skeleton and a human skeleton and see some of the same structures. They've got a spine, they're vertebrates, they've got appendages, maybe what we call fins in a fish evolved into fingers. And if you look inside of a bat's translucent wing, you can see that there's a bone structure in there. Five digits. I mean, it's it's not controversial. It's pretty solid fucking evidence that some people just don't get because we we view ourselves as dominant as like we were placed on this earth by a supreme being which is fucking bullshit and science doesn't have all the answers but it's made some conclusions it's it's shown us some things if we read the books if we study we can learn, but there, there are, humans aren't, despite our freaking fat ass frontal lobe, we're kind of stupid. We are, we would rather listen, we would la- rather listen to the deep confines of our, of our, our limbic system, the automatic processes deep inside our brain. They call it the reptilian brain. I've spoken about that. We'd rather listen to the, our gut, our instincts, that reptilian brain rather than crunch the numbers, literally and figuratively, with our frontal lobe and higher uh, cerebral cortex anatomy and physiology. So macroevolution is slow. We can't see it, therefore we don't always believe it. Microevolution, if you take bacteria and you put it in a Petri dish, give it something to eat, the numbers will fucking climb. You put one, one uh, E. coli in a bacterial medium and let it grow. It's going to divide by binary fission. It's going to divide 
duplicate. It's going to take a carbon copy, like a copy machine. You take a document, by the freaking thousands, by exponents that are almost impossible for human beings to 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 comprehend. Those bacterial numbers are going to grow very very quickly. You can see it happening. You can you can count them. The colony's growth. Viruses are even smaller. I read something or listened to a podcast the other day about the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. And they were saying that they started to call, I forget what they call them, viruses are like small bacteria. Basically, when if you can put a filter up, you can filter out the bacteria. But these particles were too small, they would slip through the filter. So they had a different term for them that, that is for viruses that escapes me. Before they they knew something existed, but it would slip. It was so small it would slip through the filters. How fucking nutty is that? So my point is the exponential growth of on a microscopic scale happens so quickly we just cannot even fucking comprehend. It's too small. It's too fast. And it had a, we had a month to take some sort of measures that would have been better than doing nothing. And we didn't get it right. Even though we watched other society, this happening to other societies, we were hard-pressed to believe that this was ever going to happen to us. And so this is what we spoke about, a little bit about what we spoke about on this uh, Zoom conference yesterday. And we found a way to get on the Anchor podcast app and and call in. So I spoke to Mike today, just briefly, and it looks like we have that capability. A phone call that we can record among multiple individuals. And if they charge me for it, I'll pay for it because it's good. I think it's a great capability to have as long as it's relatively um, inexpensive, I'll, I'll try to do it. Because I'd like to see some exponential growth to the positive. I would like to see some um, human beings putting their minds together and really do a legit mind share to try to find solutions. Not necessarily solutions to, to, to uh, solve this uh, this. Uh, come up with a shot in the arm for this virus necessarily, but solutions to common problems that occur as a result of this virus, like just solving problems, tapping into the human potential to really um, open source solutions to everyday problems, solutions like how to be better to one another, how to... um, be more thankful, have more gratitude about life. You know, how do we, how should we operate? Um, What are solutions to our maintaining our sanity during this time? Or um, managing online education or working from home or keeping the truckers on the road or keeping food on the supermarket shelves or providing uh, PPE for healthcare workers and first responders. You know, I had a patient tonight on my table, a postal worker, who 
you know, they're not wearing, they're not wearing PPE. They wear gloves every day, but they're not wearing masks and they're not given all the um, tools that they need to serve the public. And people are still coming in. Uh, they're coming in because they're bored. They're coming in to check their little safety deposit boxes or your post office boxes. And my friends tell me that a business owner was, the cops came in because somebody reported that she was there working when she shouldn't have been. Business owners just trying to keep the home fires burning. They're not necessarily looking to sell, sell things, their wares, but they are trying to be present. This, these are our babies, you know, our ability to produce something, our ability to, to be productive in our society. And for a small business owner, which there are many, you know, it's the bread and butter of America, right? It's the American dream. We want to be there. We want to, we want to serve people. We want to move products. We want the economy to get back going. We also want to make sure that our family and American families live through this and our society is able to go out and have those meals and buy those products and, and resume our society. Listen, I'm not looking down in closing. I'm not looking down upon American society and saying like we lost our way and we're just a bunch of friggin' phony baloney balonies who, um, fucking fat bastards who are just buying things and eating junk food and consuming, uh, saying that we're a virus. We listen, that's another topic of another for another time. We are a kind of virus. And what I'm saying is that this the title of this podcast is going to be going viral, which unless I already named one that because that's what's happening and I want us to think about that and try to conceptualize and come to terms with what what are we doing on this earth? You know, why are we here? What is the best use of our time and resources? Where can we go wrong if we get complacent? But I'll be honest, I want to go back to dinners. You know, I want to go out to fucking Red Robin and get a damn uh, a burger. I want to have a nice beer. Fucking 20 ounce. A tall beer and sit out there with the rest of society and see America go out to eat again. I want us to be able to go out there and and get in in the gyms and and out at the parks and at the moon bounces and you know go to the doctor and hit the mall and all that shit. These places are closed. So I don't like to see anything step on our progress. I think that there's a whole lot of good that we do as human beings and I think that as a result of this we're going to do better than ever. I think that there's going to be exponential growth to the positive and we're going to be prepared for contingencies like this because we know it we'll recognize it now we're under we understand the enemy and the implications um, of for public health and how this can fuck everybody in the butt this put it right in our end hole it shut down all the things that we hold dear our churches our economy our workplaces, 30% unemployment right now. Somebody just told me. So we'll see how this all shakes out. Listen, I got to go eat dinner. Love and respect. We'll talk again later. <laughs>